You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Intrusion Truth seems to have Stone Panda dead to rights. Chinese intelligence increases targeting of expatriate Uyghurs. Zscaler warns that an ad fraud campaign is making use of the Tokelau top-level domain. Checkpoint has a decryptor for Ransom Warrior. The U.S. House and Senate will hear from Facebook, Twitter, and Google this week about influence operations, content moderation, and alleged monopolistic practices. And no, believe it or not, Pope Francis isn't giving away Bitcoin, nor did former President Obama encrypt your files. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, September 4th, 2018. CrowdStrike has confirmed certain claims by Intrusion Truth that APT10, also known as Stone Panda, is connected to the Tianjin Bureau of China's Ministry of State Security and has also confirmed the identities of two people whom Intrusion Truth has been tracking. CrowdStrike specifically confirmed that one of the two was the owner of a blog account whose handle was FisherXP and that he was associated with a 2010 phishing campaign by Stone Panda. The two had followed one another on Twitter, and the second individual was also connected with a GitHub account holding versions of Stone Panda's remote access Trojans Quasar and Trochilus. Intrusion Truth, described in the trade press as shadowy, effectively represents itself as a hacktivist group dedicated to exposing Chinese intelligence, or in their self-description, quote, we hunt APTs, which is about all they have to say about themselves. Intrusion Truth, whoever they may be, blog on a WordPress site. Their posts are literate, which isn't always the case in this space, and they pursue Chinese intelligence officers with dogged intensity, down to tracking their working hours and their Uber rides. What's Chinese intelligence up to these days? Apart from the customary interest in industrial espionage, there's a good bit of current and nasty attention being paid to the Uyghur diaspora, with threats made against relatives still in China of Muslim Uyghurs living abroad. Zscaler researchers are tracking a spam campaign that directs users to the .tk sites, the national top-level domain for Tokelau, in the service of, for the most part, an ad fraud campaign. Zscaler estimates the ad fraud brings in more than $20,000 a month, and other associated scams pull in additional revenue. Tokelau, which allows anyone to register a domain, has a population shy of 1,500, 
but the world's largest presence on the Internet. Small nations once made money by printing stamps for the collector's market. Now they sell domains, or even give them away as loss leaders. Checkpoint researchers have found and made available a decryptor for ransom warrior ransomware, Bravo Checkpoint. They say it wasn't particularly well done ransomware and that breaking it was not too tough, but Bravo nonetheless. On Wednesday, the U.S. Congress will hold hearings on the tech industry. They're interested in political influence, privacy, and monopolistic practices. The Senate Intelligence Committee will interrogate Facebook, Twitter, and Google. The House Commerce Committee will confine itself to Twitter. Big tech, as represented by these three companies, are feeling a lot of pressure from authorities on both sides of the Atlantic. The British Home Secretary, in particular, is on a warpath to force the platforms into more extensive content moderation. And finally, two implausible scams are circulating. One, a celebrity advance fee come-on tells the gullible that Pope Francis wants to give away a small fortune in Bitcoin. As usual, and you'll remember this from all of the crypto dough Elon Musk was widely believed to be spreading around via Twitter, all you need to do is pay a comparatively modest advance fee. Sounds good, right? The come-on is like this. I have prepared something for you all to cheer you up a bit, says a cheerful pontiff as he introduces the Pope Francis official BTC giveaway. Seems legit. I mean, he is always smiling and seems to want people to be cheerful. The other caper is an unusual takeoff on the ransomware-scareware hybrid. Usually you'll see a reproduction of, say, the FBI seal, with a warning that you've been caught in secret malfeasance and that you can clear the books, avoid embarrassment, and recover your files if you deposit some amount as directed. In this recent case, it's not the seal or logo of some well-known law enforcement agency, but rather the crude ransomware displays the face of former President Obama. He looks pensive in a sport coat and an open-collared shirt, an index finger poised thoughtfully on his pursed lips, The message doesn't sound quite like Mr. Obama, however. It goes like this. Hello, your computer is encrypted by me. Yeah, that means your EXE file isn't open, because I encrypted it. So you can decrypt it, but you have to tip it. This is a big thing. You can email this email, and they helpfully provide the email here, gets more information. So you can recover your files if you tip the former POTUS. At least that's how we read it. The file properties on this little number, as reported by Malware Hunter team, indicates that the malware is called Barack Obama's Everlasting Blue Blackmail Virus Ransomware, which is a mouthful, and a lot more gasconade than one normally finds in the name of malicious code. Maybe it's an indication of lack of confidence. We hear that bragging often is. Some observers note that it's unusual for ransomware to encrypt file systems, and that may well risk making the infected device unrecoverable, and thus remove any incentive the victim might have had to pay. They read this as either a misstep or incompetence on the hood's part. If we had to bet, we'd say incompetence. Criminal geniuses are a whole lot rarer than criminal boneheads. It should be, but isn't, needless to say, that neither the current pope nor the former president are involved in any of this. The love of money, we've heard, is the root of evil, and in this case, it seems the love of altcoin is the root of a great deal of really dumb evil. So buyer beware. Don't bite.
Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Emily Wilson. She's the Director of Analysis at Terbium Labs. Emily, welcome back. Um, you know, it's been about a year now since the Alpha Bay takedown. Uh, let's take a, a look back. How effective was that? How have things changed on the dark web since they went away? It has, in fact, been a very long year since Alpha Bay went down. Hmm. Uh, so the takedowns, just for listeners who aren't uh, aren't as intimately involved in the schedule there as some of us who who look at this every day. Alpha Bay was the sort of Amazon of the dark web, right? You've heard about this. Uh, it went dark on July 4th, 2017, mm. which was a very disruptive holiday for me, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, and, you know, people were a little confused about, about what was happening. Uh, they weren't sure if Alphabet had exit scammed, had sort of run off with all of the money held in escrow, if there were technical difficulties. Uh, and then a few weeks later on July 20th, uh, the attorney general came out and said that Alphabet had been taken down, had been seized as part of an international law enforcement effort. And that, in fact, the kind of secondary market, the the heir to Alphabet's throne that everyone had flocked to, had been under control of Dutch police for more than a month. So mm. there was chaos. There was chaos and instability. And over the course of the last year, um, as listeners will have heard, there have been uh, a series of upheavals, right? Bitcoin ricocheted from, you know, $1,200, I think, the beginning of last year to, uh, you know, hitting $20,000, which is obviously a, a big deal on the dark web. People are holding a lot of Bitcoin. Um, and a lot of people were finding ways to use their Bitcoin, so that's disruptive. Um, there were takedowns and infighting. Uh, there was a big fraud ring um, that was issued. There was an indictment that came out from the, the Department of Justice earlier this year. The Reddit communities, which is where a lot of information was being traded, were shut down. Uh, and so what happened? What does it look like? Uh, it looks both completely different and exactly the same. Hmm. Uh, and this is what I mean by that. The dark web is 
an incredibly adaptive community. And to be clear here, I'm talking about the criminal communities on the dark web, which is just a portion of what happens there. These communities are adaptive. They are designed that way. And so some communities were more disrupted than others. The drug communities were disrupted and they had to find new homes. The fraud communities were largely doing fine. Uh, they have you know, operations that really run in parallel to these large markets. Uh, but other markets are continuing to thrive. We've had markets go down. We've had markets come back up. The takedowns were effective in that it took down the largest market the dark web has ever seen and potentially dismantled a big criminal network. But they were only as effective as taking down a mob boss in a major city. You haven't finished organized crime. You've just you know, dealt a pretty significant blow. Was this just a speed bump or has there been meaningful long term friction applied to the system in a, in a way that would decrease the amount of commerce going on? I think it's fair to say more the latter. There is no denying that this was a milestone for the dark web in the same way that the takedown of Silk Road was. Hmm. Right. This was uh, a very well run operation and an operation run at a scale again that we we haven't seen, and we haven't seen anyone else rise to that occasion. This was a very large market conducting a huge volume of transactions all around the world. And taking that down, and honestly, the willingness of the Dutch police to very effectively, I hear customer service actually improved, uh, very effectively run a dark web market for a month has now made everyone even more paranoid than they were already. Now, every time there's a glitch, now every time something goes wrong or a market goes down for a little while, all of which happens regularly on the dark web anyway, people are having to ask themselves, is this law enforcement? Is it worth it? What am I doing? How do I keep this up and running? And so some people have been scared off. Some people are operating more cautiously and some people are figuring out where to go next and how to keep doing this because there will always be people who are going to find a way to do this and they're just trying to adapt faster than law enforcement can. Hmm. Emily Wilson, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for CyberWire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow.
And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. 